on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. A good Thursday evening to you. Welcome in. We go from talking football to talking baseball. The football might make a little bit more sense considering the fact that it's like three degrees outside and football's being played. But uh, we are still here and we're glad to be able to talk Brewers baseball even as, yes, the lockout continues. Maybe we should do a, a counter. How many times over the course of the program do I use the word lockout? And we can just continue to keep that tally as we go through. Uh, we're at two. We are at two, Greg Hill. We are at two uses of the word L-O, uh, which I will try to avoid saying. That is uh, that is the word that baseball fans do not want to hear. Although, according to the various baseball insiders that you happen to listen to, whether it's Jeff Passan or John Heyman or John Morosi or Bob Nightingale, whoever your guy is, um, the reports are that the Major League Baseball players are going to present a proposal, a counter-proposal, to the Major League Baseball owners in person. They are going to be in the same room, which is a development. They are going to be in the same room, and it will be presented in person coming up on Monday. So they received the proposal for Major League Baseball last week, and a week and a half later they are going to give their proposal, and then everybody will kind of know where everybody's standing. There will be official proposals from each side, And let the negotiations commence, even though they should have commenced a long time ago. (laughs) long time ago. We'll get more into that coming up uh, later on in the program. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so. Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, coming up in oh, like three minutes or so, we are going to be joined by uh, Matt Erickson. He is the new Brewers infield coach and also assistant hitting coach, getting promoted after uh, spending a lot of time as the manager of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, guy who played for the Brewers, has been a longtime coach in the organization, uh, grew up in the Appleton area. So really, really cool story with uh, Matt Erickson getting the promotion to the Major League coaching staff. And he's going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments and looking forward to uh, being able to talk to him. Uh, real real asset for the Brewers to be able to promote from within the organization because situation where a lot of these guys who are in the big leagues or are getting to the big leagues or are going to be contending for jobs in spring training, things like that, will be players that these individuals are uh, are pretty familiar with. In fact, uh, Jim Henderson, who had been the pitching coach at AAA Nashville, uh, in the same announcement that Matt Erickson was getting uh, a promotion to the Big League staff, uh, Henderson is getting one as well. He's going to take over as the Brewers' uh, bullpen coach moving forward, replacing uh, Steve Carse, who stepped down after a couple years as he wanted to spend some more time uh, with his family. So, yeah, we'll talk to uh, Matt Erickson in just a few minutes. We'll have game time. We'll get into the uh, 
collective bargaining agreement. We've got a lot to get to between now and 9 o'clock. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. When we come back, Matt Erickson, the former Timber Rattlers manager who will now serve as the assistant hitting coach and infield instructor on the Brewers Major League staff, he joins us. That's next on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. So the story of Matt Erickson is a really cool one because he grows up in Wisconsin, the Appleton area. He gets to play some big league baseball with the Brewers. He spends a long time in the Brewers organization as a coach, most notably uh, time as the Timber Rattlers manager. He'd been in that position since 2011, and now he is joining the Major League coaching staff where he's going to serve as an infield instructor and assistant hitting coach, and he joins us uh, right now. Matt, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time with us uh, this evening. Uh, Appreciate your time. Congratulations on uh, on the new position and the promotion within the organization. Hey, I appreciate it. Obviously, uh, tremendously excited about the opportunity. Um, like you mentioned, uh, born in Appleton, Wisconsin, and uh, been a lifelong Brewer fan. Uh, they gave me an opportunity to to step on the field for the first time in the big leagues as a player. Um, I've been lucky enough to uh, to coach the minor leagues for the last twelve years. Uh, in their organization, um, and now get a chance to to help at the big league level again as a coach. So, uh, very much looking forward to it. It it's kind of a weird situation for you because when you're when you're in the minor leagues, maybe you're trying to move up, but you were doing it in your hometown, and now you get to get to the big leagues as a coach with the Brewers, but. Over these years, I mean, did you look at other organizations or anything, or were you very content here knowing that if you continued to do your work, eventually there would probably be an opportunity for you on the big league staff? Yeah, you know, as a coach, it's a, it's very much a different mindset, uh, I believe, than when you're a player. Um, as a coach, you're very selfless. You're, you're doing everything you can to help each and every player uh, individually and, and uh, try to enif- help them identify their weaknesses um, and just try to get them to the next level. Um, again, a, a unique experience for me and my family. Born uh, in Appleton, I I now reside in Appleton, Wisconsin. My family's here. Um, they became very attached to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, and and the Timber Rattlers have a great situation. If if those of you listening around the state, if you've never had a chance to go to to the stadium and watch a Timber Rattler game, um, they have a great facility. They got a great front office. Uh, they provide just really good family entertainment, and and so uh, Rob Zerjab is the general manager. He's uh, he. There wasn't a day that I was there in the last decade that he didn't come down to the office and and uh, try to make the facility a better place, not only for the staff but for our players. So it was a it was a really good place to to go to work every day, um, and and again I'm I'm very lucky to get this opportunity in the big leagues. But to be very honest with you, um, you know, if that was my gig for the next 20 years of my life, um, I would have been a pretty happy guy. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Uh, there, there's a lot of assistant coaches on the staff. There's some things that are being done a little bit differently. The hitting coach position is a co-hitting coach role, and then you're coming in as an assistant hitting coach but also working uh, with infielders. How is this all going to kind of work, and what is it going to look like for you? 
Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, we had a conference call uh, with Ozzy and Carson and, and Craig yesterday, and we we uh, it was the first time we were all together on a Zoom call, and, and we were able to discuss, discuss some things, uh, what it might look like in spring training uh, when we get we finally get it going. Um, but I, I met with, with Craig last week, Thursday. We sat down for a couple hours uh, in the Milwaukee area and uh, had a cup of coffee and and just he kind of hashed out where he thought, you know, I fit in with the current staff, and and the main priority uh, is going to be infield preparation um, before batting practice, and then obviously during batting practice, I'll uh, probably take care of a BP group, and then during the game, he sees it at least at the beginning, where I uh, I'll be more in, in, back in the cages uh, with the DH, any potential pinch hit. Um, players uh, giving uh, the scouting report and making sure they're ready to go. Um, but yeah, so it's a it's a dual purpose role. Role I'll uh, I'll be working with infield preparation and then uh, doing everything I can to assist um, our hitting coaches and, and and put our hitters in the best situations possible. Is that uh, this is hard to ask now when we're sitting here on uh, on January twentieth and it's three degrees outside? But are you expecting that to be a weird thing that after all these years of being involved in every single pitch of a game that you uh, have managed, all of a sudden you're going to be back in the cage for uh, for a large portion of the game as it gets going? Yeah, it, it'll be different, but uh, but obviously, uh, you know, the last couple of years. Um, ever since uh, the COVID spring training a couple of years ago, um, I've been working with the infielders in spring training, and then I had an opportunity in the in the summer camp uh, when we got going again uh, to work with the infielders, and then again here at the alternate site in Appleton. So I feel like over the last couple of years, um, I, I've been put into this situation of, of working with the infielders at the at the big league level. Uh, and helping with some of their preparation before the season. Um, and so uh, I, I feel like uh, this is the next step to that. And uh, I, I'm excited to, to just see the big league preparation, being a part of that staff, um, seeing how Craig runs the day-to-day operations, uh, and just soaking it all in uh, from, from that standpoint. And then obviously uh, doing everything I can uh, as a coach and being a part of that staff to uh, – to help the ball club, and and obviously uh, it's going to start with the infielders, and then it's going to be also a part of uh, every hitter that steps in the box. You're going to have guys on the team that you manage in the minor leagues. You're going to have guys making their major league debuts that a couple years back you you were managing. I'm sure you you're always very proud when you see uh, you know Timber Rattlers alum make it to the big leagues. But how much more cool is it for you that you're going to be part of some of these major league debuts and you're going to be working with guys that you saw when they were 18, 19, 20, 21 years old? Yeah, another. Great question. I've been in the organization now as a play or as a coach for for over a decade, and it, it's fun to see the players come through as as teenagers at the A ball level, and then watch them grow up into young men. Uh, you know, most notably right now on the roster on the position player side, uh, a, a guy like Tyrone Taylor, who in in Appleton a few years ago he's 18 years old, fresh out of high school, uh, and just frankly trying to survive the lifestyle of professional baseball uh and then to see him just a few years down the road and to talk to some of our upper level uh coaches and the way he has uh developed and matured as a 
as a player and a person. There's not a single person in our organization, player or coach, that that has a bad thing to say about Tyrone. And, and that's uh, that's one of the great things about this game. You you know you you're involved in a game and and you get to teach. Uh, baseball, but uh, you come across some great personalities and some great people, um, and, and develop some relationships. And you just, you know, you cheer for people, um, especially with those kind of personality traits like Tyrone. Just a couple more moments with uh, Matt Erickson, the new assistant head coach and infield instructor on the big league staff uh, with the Brewers. You mentioned earlier the alternate training side in the summer camp and spring training and everything. Plus, you've been in the organization, and obviously there's a, there is a way that the Brewers want to do things, and that gets uh, communicated to all the minor league affiliates, and they try to instill so there's some organizational consistency. How much of an advantage does that give you walking into that uh, big league uh, clubhouse knowing everything you already know about the way this organization does business. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's no substitute for experience and, and, and some of the familiarity that uh, I have and Jim Henderson. Um, and, and now that, you know, the, the big league staff is continuing to get bigger, not only in Milwaukee, but throughout the industry and throughout uh, Major League Baseball. And I think we have 11 coaches. I counted the other day. Six of those are from our player development uh, so it's not only development of players as we go through our organization. We're also developing coaches, um, and I think we got some really good people uh, that know the Brewer way, as well as people from out to, outside the organization. You know, and you're bringing in other ideas and other eyes, uh, a way of looking at things. And I think we're in a, a really good situation with our staff and and the communication to our players to just uh, be able to give them a, a wealth of information and put them in situations to have success. Last thing for you, because pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting in about a month or so. We really don't know what's going to go on with the the collective bargaining agreement. For people like you, that puts you in uh, a little bit of a tough spot. If you were still with the Timber Rattlers, nothing would be different, but everything's up in the air right now. What is it like for you right now not knowing exactly what the timeline looks like over the next couple months? Yeah, I mean, that's our life. Our life is all about adjustments. We we set a schedule, we have a plan, and then and then we we usually have to adjust uh, off that plan most days uh, in the game of baseball. So yeah, I told Tom Flanagan when I when I got the news, um, I told him if uh, if we don't have a uh, an agreement, I'm going to have to be on a bench somewhere. So uh, no, I I fully anticipate uh, that we uh, we find some agreement. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of intelligent people, a lot of people smarter than I am, trying to figure this stuff out. Um, and I know, uh, I know, there's a bunch of people across the country uh, in the game, and um, and also fans that that want to see baseball happen. So I'm sure we'll get it done at some point. He is Matt Erickson. He is going into his first year working as an assistant hitting coach and uh, infield instructor on the big league staff. Longtime member of the organization, Matt. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Milwaukee real soon. I appreciate it, fellas. Take care. Very good. There's Matt Erickson joining us here on uh, Brewers Weekly. Just a fantastic story when you uh, think about where he grew up, what he has done as a player, as a coach in the organization, and now getting the opportunity on the Major League staff. Really, really cool. Uh, if you want to join the program, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly.
Brewers Weekly does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. I want to mention this uh, really quickly. Maybe you saw it on social media if you are on social media. But uh, the way the Brewers are covered is going to change in a large, large, large way moving forward. Uh, long time Journal Sentinel beat reporter covering the Brewers, Tom Hodricourt, announced uh, on social media earlier today, on Twitter, on Facebook, that he is going to be retiring. And uh, his retirement is going to go into effect in February. I'm not trying to give away too much, but he put it out publicly uh, on a long Facebook post, which is uh, a a public Facebook, so anybody can go uh, read it, um, that he is going to be uh, retiring to Virginia, where much of his family is. So um, after 30-plus years covering the Brewers. Tom Hodricourt is uh, retiring from uh, the Journal Sentinel. So big congratulations uh, going out to him uh, for a long, distinguished career, and it's certainly going to feel very different uh, in the press box and feel very different covering the Brewers uh, with no Tom Hodricourt and the way the way that he is. Uh, I mean, when you think about people who cover the Brewers from a print standpoint, uh, he clearly is generally the number one name that uh, comes up just from longevity and being the uh, the face of the daily paper and everything. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Tom for a long, uh, very illustrious career, and uh, good luck to him into retirement. All right, we've got our game time. We will do that coming up in just a moment. We always love game time. I have no clue what the game is. Greg just kind of laughed a little bit when we were talking beforehand, so I don't know what's coming up here in just a moment. But game time is next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Continuing through a Thursday night, it is that time. I don't. I have no. Generally, I have a little bit of a clue of what's going to be coming up here. I have no clue, zero clue. I have absolutely no idea what's coming up, but uh, I do say it is time for game time. What time is it? Game time! (laughs) (laughs) You may not be the only one, but, Matt, I have something. Okay. So, with the big game this Saturday, I don't know if you heard, between the Packers and the 49ers, and the addition of Coach Matt Erickson, welcome to the team. I thought it would be appropriate that if we need to review the staff on the Milwaukee Brewers, we're going to test your metal here. Matt, can you tell there's a lockout? We're going to yes. test your knowledge of the members of the staff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name a position within the Brewers organization, then I'm going to give you two names. One will be the name of a person who actually holds the position. The other will be the name of a staff member on the San Francisco 49ers staff. Are we good with, like I said, low-hanging fruit? Are we good with the rules, Matt Paul? Yes, and if I don't do well on this one, maybe I should just lose my job right here. Um, yeah, probably. But if you also, if you can do well on this, if you play at home, and if you don't do well, well then I don't know. Yeah, I think you're okay. You don't work for either organization. So here we go. First up, let's go one for one here. Who is the Brewers' president of business operations? Is it Rick Schlesinger or is it D'Amico Ryans? I'm pretty sure that would be Rick Schlesinger. All right, so we are off and running. Hold on, let me make it official. Okay, now I think think everybody's one and one, one for one. I think that installed the confidence. 
that everyone Do I need needed. to, like, let a little bit more time pass just to let people think about it for a second? Um, not that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, my goodness, read a paper. Uh, All right. Who is the special assistant to the general manager slash player development? Is it Leonard Hankerson or Carlos Villanueva? That would, do I, would, let me wait a second. One, <laughs> two, three. That would be Carlos Villanueva. Okay. Two for two. Never Thank a doubt. You. Never a doubt going in. All right, here we go. You ready for this? You get nervous. Uh, I feel like you're going to we'll get see. nervous, especially because you had no idea we were doing this. Who is the special assistant of baseball operations slash player development? Is it Quentin McCracken or is it Patrick Hagedorn? I would hope that it is Quentin McCracken. Why do you say that? Why do you hope? Uh, because I'm, he's a baseball if we were, you see, where we would get in trouble here is if, like you were comparing to the San Francisco Giants. Because if you would have just, honestly, I don't know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure I knew that Quentin McCracken was in the organization off the top of my head. So if we were not comparing to a football team, I'd be in trouble because, as far as I know, he might have actually been like uh, a member of the uh, Giants organization. But let's not change the game now <laughs> because I don't sure? want to look stupid. You sure? Yes. Let's, let's keep the game as Damn. is. Let's. Let's uh, let's just keep it as is. I don't need to look dumb today. People at home are shaking their heads. Uh, all right, next up. Who is the senior analyst of domestic scouting? Is, oh. it, is it, here we go. Is it is it Johnny Holland or is it Andrew Koo? Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is he tough wanted one. the Giants. He was afraid. He wanted the 49ers. Then he wanted the Giants. They wanted the Giants. Maybe now. I'll go Andrew Koo. Oh, man. Shout out to Darth, but yes! he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate accordingly. All right, two more here. Oh, what are you, boy. Are you four for four? One, two, four three, for four, four. four. Well done. Yeah. Batting a thousand, as they say. <laughs> Who is... Uh, first of all, I love this title. Who is the data architect for oh. the Milwaukee Brewers? <laughs> is it Phil Hauser or is it Corey Undlin? Oh, <laughs> oh, hmm. Okay, so because, but can I um can I ask a question? Sure. Does Phil Hauser spell his last name the same way as Adrian Hauser? Yes. All right. I feel like. I think. Oh man, now you got me. I'm pretty sure. How else? I feel like if there was someone in the organization that had. The oh, same last name as not. Adrian Hauser. Nope, there's a different, like, difference of a vowel. Oh, there is. Hmm. Because I was going to go, like, at some point in time, you would have heard, you know, Phil Hauser, no relation to Adrian. Huh? You know, I'll still stick with that line of think. Who, what was the name of the other person? Phil Hauser or Corey Undlin. <laughs> Let's go Corey. Man, Corey Undlin sounds like such a football name, though. <laughs> is that what you're basing this off of? <laughs> football names? I don't know. Uh, we'll go. We'll go Unlin. We'll, oh, we'll go with no, that. Oh no, man! You were so close. <laughs> you were so close. See, it's a football name. It sounds like a football name. I was right. <laughs> I, I don't think the Hauser connection's been made not only because the vowel, but I think that the data architect needs more airtime on all platforms because that Let's is get a one next week. That's a sweet title. Can we please? Because I just want to know. Like, I would have so many questions. There's something for next week. All right, finally, we're wrapping up here. 
The last one. Oh, man. Who is the rehabilitation strength and conditioning specialist? Is it Jason Meredith or is it Wes Welker? Expecting a Wes Welker reference on Brewers <laughs> Weekly this week. <laughs> well, it's a uh, Jason. Did you say Meredith? Meredith. Merit. Meredith. Meredith. Either way. Okay. It's right. Shit. It's that guy. It's not. Everybody. Wes Welker does not work for the Milwaukee Brewers yet. Not yet. He'd be like an outfielder's <sighs> coach, maybe. You know, something. Good athlete. Right. Very. Yeah. Speed, tra- strength, or speed and conditioning? Or is it always strength and conditioning? Strength and conditioning. Yeah, strength and Just conditioning. Just ign- ignoring the speed aspect. All right. Cool. Yeah. Who needs speed? Not me. Not Wes Welker. And not Jason Meredith. That was game time. Thank you for playing. Well done, Matt Pauly. Thank you. All right. Game time for this week. With my uh, intermittent appearances on this Brewers Weekly Show, I don't know when the next time we'll play it, but it cannot... It won't beat that, that is for sure. All right, we'll get back uh, serious, and we'll talk about the uh, the latest in CBA negotiations. A little bit of breaking news here over the last couple hours. We'll get into that coming up in just a moment here on Brewers Weekly. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Back with you here on a Thursday, so a little bit of... Somewhat breaking. When does breaking news, no, when is it no longer breaking? Is it an hour, two hours? Yeah, probably like an hour. Okay. Well, then it's not breaking. 6.45 Central Time is when the Jeff Pass and ESPN article came out. So that's two hours. We're just under. If, we're, if, if the limit is two hours, then we are within 60 seconds of, uh, of this no longer being breaking news. So let's get to it right now so we don't miss out on it. Uh, Major League Baseball Players Association going to make an in-person labor proposal to the league on Monday. The in-person aspect of this is important um, because everything the last time that these two um, the last time these two sides got together, they got together from a uh, you know virtually through a zoom call or teams or whatever they happen to be using to be able to communicate with uh, with each other. And that was when the Major League Baseball owners presented a proposal to the players. But they weren't in the same room. They're each in New York. They're, they're a handful of blocks from each other. I'm not as sure exactly how far the offices of Major League Baseball and the offices of the Major League Baseball Players Association are from each other. But even, even in this time of COVID, people are meeting and something this important you would have thought that they could have gotten together. Well, they didn't, but now they are going to. And I've said this before. It's a really weird thing because generally in a situation like this, the general thought would be get the two sides together, put them in a room, close the door, lock the door, call in for every meal that you need to call in for, and just have them go at it and see where that gets you. That generally, that more often than not, is kind of a good plan. I don't know if that's a good plan with these two sides, because bluntly, it feels like every single time they get together, they go in the wrong direction, that they get further apart as opposed to coming closer together. And that's not good. That's not good. But at the same time, at some point, at some point, the two sides 
are going to have to start making real concessions. And it's that whole blink first thing. Who's going to blink first? Because with all due respect to the owners, the proposal that they gave to the players last week, there was, there was no blinkage there. Uh, there. There were some concessions, but then those concessions were made up in other areas. Like It was almost like they were reallocating money around as opposed to just simply handing money. There were some issues that were dealt with, but it wasn't like there was going to be more overall money going to the players. And let's not, let's not mince words on this. It comes down to money, and it comes down to total revenues and how much of that revenue is going to come to players. And connected to that is things like service time issues. But again, service time issues all about money. Players feel like they're getting their service time manipulated to keep their salary down, to keep club control on players for a longer amount of time. Uh, the the idea that players have to wait so long to finally be able to make big-time money, that's another area that players want to have changed. I don't know what the players' response is going to look like. I'm very, very interested. And you know, when, if the owners are, are like, if my if your right arm is representing the owners and you stretch your right arm and your right hand out as far as it can possibly go, and if the players are your left arm, and you stick that thing out as far as it can go, is that what it's going to be? Are these two sides going to be as far apart from possi- as possible once this player response comes in? And that's kind of what I'm expecting, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to say that they're going to lose baseball, that there's going to be another uh, work stoppage that results in the loss of, uh, of regular season games or much of the regular season. I don't think they're going to start spring training on time, that's for sure. I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked if when pitchers and catchers are supposed to report, pitchers and catchers are reporting. I don't think that's going to happen. And right now, I think it's kind of a 50-50 proposition on if opening day is actually going to happen on opening day. That's not – I don't think they're going to miss the season, but I am not convinced that they are going to be able to start the season on time. But I'm going to be able to say a lot more about that once we get to Monday and once the details of whatever the players respond with come to light. Because they, didn't, they did not move closer together – when the owners gave their proposal. It's good that there's a proposal out there. Like, I guess you need a starting point. That's what I would say on that. It is a starting point. And that's why I wanted the players to respond. I'm a little bit disappointed that the players have taken as long as they have to respond because we're, we're up against it right now. We are up against it. When you consider the fact that pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in about a month and you figure you probably need at least a week or so prior to report date of getting the deal done. Maybe you need a little bit less time than that, but they're up against it at this point, and we're not that far out from starting to miss things. And that's, that's when the urgency is really going to come in and start to, start to impact these negotiations. The day pitchers and catchers are supposed to report and they don't, you miss something. The day full squads are supposed to report... You miss something. 
the day you're supposed to have your first spring training game, then you really miss something. Then revenue is being lost because owners make money off spring training games. And that's if they do not get a deal done in time for the spring training seasons to get to get going in, in Arizona and in Florida, well, then there's going to be money lost. And then the next thing that is lost after that is potentially regular season games. And I just, I would love to know. I would, and nobody will, nobody will report on this. Nobody will say this publicly. I would love to know from an ownership standpoint how much they are willing to lose this year in terms of like maybe games being lost before they feel like they are forced into some major concessions to the players. I get the sense that the players are dug in on this that they are really dug in, that they feel like that they have lost the last few labor negotiations. Uh, There's been some money put aside and put into a war chest uh, in recent years. They have been preparing themselves for a potential work stoppage. Uh, And so I I don't think the players are going to be the ones who blink first on this one. They're the ones that I think have gone into this. And I just don't know where the owners are at because from an ownership standpoint – you just had a 162-game season go down to a 60-game season without any fans two years ago. Uh, you had a year this past year where, for the most part, attendance was down. You started the year with reduced capacity, things like that. At the same time, TV money is up, the, and overall revenues are continuing to move in an upward direction, but you have to have a product. Again, at the same time, so much of that TV money is connected to the postseason Maybe there's a feeling that they can push players a little bit further than you would think they would push them. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's good to see that there's a little bit more communication. I think it's good to see. I think that's that's the big. I think it's good to see. Again, they get together and they seem to go in the wrong direction. But you hope that when they are in the same room together come Monday, that uh, that goes well and that can really be the starting point of actual negotiations because negotiations haven't taken place yet. A proposal was given to players, and now players are going to give a proposal to owners. It doesn't even feel like it's a response to what the owners offered. It just feels like it's their own proposal. At some point, it's going to have to stop being proposals, and it's going to have to be rebuttals, for lack of a better term. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. One more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the program here on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Couple notes from baseball before we get out of here. Uh, if you've been following along, the Atlantic League is an independent league that baseball uses to uh, test rules. And one of the rules that they had been testing, I guess not rules may be the wrong thing to say here, but uh, the robot umpires, the automated uh, strike zone, that's going away in the Atlantic League. And I thought, oh, huh, does that mean they're kind of abandoning this for, for the time being? Are they going to try to go back to the drawing board? Nope, that's not what they're doing. Instead, the automated strike zone is coming to a AAA ballpark near you. Yes, the automated strike zone this year is going to be at AAA, one step shy of the big leagues. If that doesn't tell you that we're not going to have an automated strike zone at some point in the relatively near future, I don't know what does. That is that is notable that they are going to 
have uh, the automated strike zone at AAA this upcoming season. So that, that probably means an automated strike zone is within five years or less getting to the big leagues, which I think a lot of people would be happy about. Also, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, if you've been following along with them, they've spent the last uh, two-plus years focused on a plan where they were going to get a new ballpark built in Tampa and a new ballpark built in Montreal, and they were going to spend half the season in Tampa and half the season in Montreal, which sounds wacky. And then when you start thinking about the logistical details that would go along with it, wacky doesn't even start to describe it. Well, after all this work and literally two-plus years of time being focused on it, yeah, Major League Baseball officials earlier this week said, nope, you're not doing that, no split season. So we'll see what that means for the Rays. Maybe they stay in Tampa. Maybe they find a new home. Whatever it's going to be, they are not going to split time between Tampa and Montreal, that's for sure. And that's good. That's a, that's a dumb plan. That's stupid. It's not fair to either city's baseball fans. I'm glad that that's not going to get done. All right, speaking of things getting done, this show, it is done. Thanks so much for uh, being tuned in. Look forward to talking to you again real soon for another edition here of Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ.